0: We, you're going to have to go through all Pete's classically eats and check them off that you yeah. eat every single one. Yeah,
1: you're going to have to bring some to us one oh, time. Oh, yeah, yes. So if, if Snoogles would be good.
2: If you, if you really find that you like them, you're going to start to look more like me. Maybe <laughs> a little less skinny, right? I <laughs> remember,
0: too, like my grandma, she used to say, I used to laugh because she'd be like, oh yeah, we're having dead chicken for dinner tonight. And would be like, why do you say dead chicken? And she said, because when she was younger, she go over, she went over a friend's house and they were having chicken and she watched them kill the chicken. What <laughs> like, a
1: what, uh, scene you just painted in my mind. Gotta, yeah, Thank you, I appreciate you're that. You're going
0: to eat meat. You got to know where it comes from. Yeah, you know what, I'm not-
1: I'm Josh Duke. And I'm Alex Daris. And you're either listening to or watching Dying Drink Clea, the podcast where each and every week, we're gonna be joined by Cleveland.com's best and brightest food experts, insiders, and influencers. What do we got on our list to talk about today, Alex?
0: It's January, it's a new year. And with January, there's a lot of uh, people trying to do better, be a little more healthier. So we're gonna talk about a few trends like dry January and veganuary. And then we're also going to talk to Pete Chakarian, who's part of the Best Of team here, and he's going to talk a little bit about Classic Cleveland Eats. He's been doing a really fun series, so mm. there's a lot of good
1: good foodie news to discuss this week. Yeah, very delicious sounding already.
0: Yeah, and um, today we're joined by Mark Bona, who's going to be talking with us a little bit about these dry January and veganuary trends. So, Mark, I guess to get started with the food, um, why don't don't you tell us a little bit about veganuary and what it is?
3: Yeah, Veganuary actually has been around about 10 years. Uh, It started in Great Britain, and I have to admit, I hadn't heard of it until several months ago. (laughs) Uh, It's for the vegan curious folks. Of course, being a vegan is one step above being a vegetarian. It's no meat, but it's also no animal products. It's for people who are either... Uh, health conscious, and or they oppose inhumane treatment of animals. So for political reasons, or personal reasons, or health reasons, um, they they can try this. Uh, so it is kind of a marketing push for January, just like dry January has become. Uh, it, to me, you know, it sounds boring, but mm. vegan chefs say that you can make tasty meals, uh, following certain, certain guidelines and basically doing some research. Uh, and they say, you know, once you do it, you you lose a taste for the things you used to eat. I have a hard time believing that. Yeah. Um, I, I could give up steak. I don't think I could give up burgers or bolognese sauce. I think that for yeah. me that would be kind of No, tough.
0: I think the animal byproducts would be, butter would be really hard right. for me. <laughs>
3: um so it's i think that's that's kind of tough and they also say cravings are actually normal for those older foods after after you do about 10 days of this type of a diet
0: interesting Mm -hmm. um what are your tips for somebody who maybe is interested in trying out this veganuary or or even if it's not for this month trying the vegan trend um for getting started and starting out on the right foot
3: yeah i think um one one thing is uh you know for dry january you can just jump in and just not drink or do mocktails and there's plenty to to, to discuss there. But for, for this type of a vegan diet, you really should do some research ahead of time. You should definitely look up books, recipes, because they're written by authors who have had a lot of experience with this and they will include a lot of nutritional content. This is really important because if you're taking out some nutrition of your old diet, you have to find a way to replace it with a new diet. Uh, so that's, um, you really, what you have to do is look for plant-based proteins. That's, that's really critical here. Um, some of these, some of the replacements, the substitutes actually can be high in sodium. So you've, you've got to be kind of careful, uh, about, uh, about replacements. Don't think it's all going to be healthy. I mean,
0: I mean, yeah. Oreos are vegan. Exactly. You could eat that. <laughs>
3: exactly. There's so bitchy vegan homos, the, uh, the local uh, bakery that makes a lot of vegan products. I remember talking to the chef there and, and I said, so how healthy is it? And he goes, Oh no, Mark, this is not healthy. Yeah, well, a Brownie is a brownie. Not
0: at all. Yeah. And I know like green kitchen, they were a pop-up in little Rose Tavern, but now he's got his own, um, brick and mortar space on the West side. His whole thing is like Food that you wouldn't even know it's vegan, it's mm. mac and cheese, right. it's it's smash burgers, it's all of that stuff. But it's like he said people would come to the bar all the time and eat mm-hmm. and then say after like, oh, that's vegan. Like they wouldn't even know.
1: Yeah, I wonder how popular this is. Do we see like local restaurants really advertising for vegan veganuary, you know, to try to push and and get on this sort of trend?
0: I think the vegan ones, yes, like, uh, like Cleveland Vegan and Lakewood, mm-hmm. or there's the Cleveland Vegan Club and Shaker. Um, it's kind of an easy marketing thing, but mm. I don't know about other restaurants because I think a lot of it too is a lot of home cooking. Like people who do mm. it, they try to do it like buy their groceries and do everything like that. I mean, if I were to do it, it'd be a lot easier to go out to eat, I think, <laughs>
1: but... Yeah, it's just such a hard ask I feel like I feel like meat has just been such a pivotal part of my identity since I've since I can remember. So I I really couldn't even imagine.
0: I think you would be surprised that there well like another new place is um Black Market Meats in Lakewood mm. and it's a deli and they make like deli sandwiches. They use a lot of different um ingredients and mm. it it it's not the same thing but it gives you that meat quality or 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 sometimes i've eaten like mushrooms and if they cook them the right way it tastes like a piece of steak
3: yeah that's that's interesting and i know my wife has been experimenting with using cauliflower and just dicing and shredding it so that it acts as rice now that's not a meat substitute but it is a carb substitute yeah and it's with a vegetable I wonder how a lot of those vegan restaurants are going to do because the overall population—I mean, the, the part of the population that is vegan—is pretty small. Yeah. And so I, you know, I wish them the best, and I think they're going after a niche market. And I, I always think a niche market is good. I'm, I'm very for that. Mm-hmm. But I, I gotta wonder how it'll, how it'll be. But I'm with you, Josh. I mean, meat has been—I try to eat a balanced meal throughout the week. I don't mm-hmm. eat meat every day, but. You know, when I have it, it's like, wow, this is pretty good.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, and I think probably those vegan restaurants are grateful for these trends to be like, try Mm -hmm. it out. Because, I mean, I know um, I was speaking to the owner of Cleveland Vegan Club recently, and he's like, when I was doing market research, I specifically invited people who were not vegan to show like you don't have to be vegan. Or if you want to maybe try to do like a meatless Monday, you can try out those restaurants instead of cooking for yourself. But yeah, it definitely is like... It's not like dry January, like you said, where you can just drop the drinks and whatever. Right. You have to keep right. eating. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think
1: something like a meatless Monday sounds like a great entryway to just start to get your foot in the door of veganism and trying to really try it out. But um, It sounds
0: like you couldn't even be a vegetarian. I, no,
1: I don't let think Let alone so. a vegan. <laughs> I, I yeah, no. I don't <laughs> think either. Yeah, I just, I can't. I can't. I can do without the red meats like Mark said. I, I don't really need to do like beef, um, pork. I can sacrifice those things because they're not that healthy. And I still have chicken and turkey, you know, but if I can't. I, I, I got to have gonna chicken. It, I'm going
0: to eat beef yeah. and pork. Like if I'm <laughs> going to eat meat,
1: I'm going to eat beef and pork. I can t- I can do without the beef and the pork just because I know it's not the best for you anyway. Yeah. But I, I can't do without mm-hmm. chicken. That, you know like, that's just where i draw the line. The other
3: challenge here though is, you know, if you live alone or maybe with one other person, this is doable. But if you're part of a family
1: Oh
0: yeah. Mm.
3: Then things get really dicey if everyone in your family is eating meat and you're not, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on whoever's doing the cooking.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Hopefully, it kind of has to be you. Yeah. I feel like you have <laughs> yeah. to do
1: it. How are you, like a little kid growing up as a vegan? Like, a lot how, of people I, do. I'm sure, a lot of people. I just, do. I can't fathom it. I'm like, how can you, as a kid, even have the like awareness to like, no, oh, I can't eat this and that because there's so. It feels like there's so many rules. I'm pretty sure in veganism. Paris's
0: um beganuary story she talked to someone um who i think it's brie makes brie is she owns that company but who they had cows growing up and she was Mm. just realized that was on her plate and she's like oh i can't do this anymore (laughs) like some people just it's your pet Mm -hmm. on the
3: plus side they would never have an argument in their home about whether you put ketchup on a hot dog
0: (laughs) oh that's true well no and then i remember too like my grandma she used to say I used to laugh because she'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're having dead chicken for dinner tonight." And he'd be like, "Why do you say dead chicken?" And she said cuz when she was younger, she go over, she went over a friend's house and they were having chicken and she watched them kill the chicken. What? <laughs> like-
1: a, what? Uh, scene you just painted in my mind. You yeah, gotta, thank you. I appreciate. You're that. gonna
0: eat meat. You gotta know where it comes from. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know what? I'm not saying I don't ever feel bad about it, but you know, <laughs> not like bad enough. Not bad enough. <laughs> like I've seen those those vegan videos. The um propaganda. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I've seen those videos, and they really do like. It it shakes you like yeah but yeah not enough i still i need to i need to eat it yeah
0: well i know one yeah. one fad you are subscribing to is dry january right you're doing it oh
1: yeah so. i am all in on dry january i think what it's today the 10th or 11th yeah. 10th and i'm doing good going strong and i'm pretty pretty proud of it and i know you wrote an article to help people like me get through it
0: Yeah. So it's actually another health trend that also started about 10 years ago in the UK. And it's kind of like a reset. People try for different reasons, whether it's mental and physical health or trying to save money or things like that, to not drink alcohol for the month of January, like a little reset. So I guess, um, Mark, what is you? What do you think of dry January this year? You know,
3: I used to have, I used to not drink for Lent. And that's oh, even that's longer good, yeah. than than a month. And then that changed when my editor said, you know, Mark, we really need you to review beer and wine. And I said, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I have done it before. The one thing I've noticed is 10, 20, 15 years ago, you know, in that range, basically – you only had a couple of non-alcoholic beers. Now you have a lot more different, not only different beers, but different styles. I saw a double India pale ale that was non-alcoholic. I don't even, I can't even begin to tell you how they made that because that's usually a style that is high in alcohol. Because of the process involved, I don't know how they did it. Um, there's multiple breweries do this, doing this right now. Uh, in Germany has Klosthaler, uh, which has been making beer for a long time, non-alcoholic beer. I think they've upped their game. They've done a good job. Uh, Go Brewing Company... Uh, in the United States is also making some. Some I really liked and some I was not. I I just wasn't real fond of. But you do have the options. So I think it's good if you want to lay off for whatever reason, you do have the options when it comes to beer. And I know you're way more knowledgeable about mocktails. Well, yeah,
0: there's especially in in greater Cleveland, I've just noticed there's a lot of mocktails. I mean, we have Verbena in Ohio City, which is an entire bar that is alcohol free. And I mean, she they'll make a dirty martini there and it with no alcohol. <laughs> it's kind mm. of crazy. Or but I've even noticed some of the other like typical cocktail bars like Cloak and Dagger or LBM, they will still make these really dynamic cocktails with different ingredients. It's not just like juice or soda mm. like that and but there's no alcohol in it. So I think it it like you said it's it's kind of easier than ever if you want to be able to participate in dry January, but not just stay home mm-hmm. um, the whole month, you can still go out and have the social experience without the alcohol. Yeah, so.
1: and that's, a, I think that's a big part, especially for like younger people, when you're going out, it's like being in that environment with when everyone, everyone else is drinking. That is, it's really tough to not, you know, want to indulge too. It's just like, it's part of the experience, honestly. Or you but, just
0: like need something in your hand. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah.
1: So, um, so yeah, when, when you go out and you request a, uh, a mocktail instead, or you know, one of these other various options like a um, non-alcoholic beer. I'm sorry, non, yeah, non-alcoholic beer. Then, yeah, that that helps a lot. Yeah. Just to have something to sip on, and even if you're like lying, say, like, yeah, I'm drinking, guys. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, who would I do feel that, like but. that's
0: why um, things like liquid death, like that water in a can, like it looks like a beer, or mm-hmm. or I know locally um, pointless, which is like a local ginger ale brand, mm-hmm. like there, it kind of looks like a a seltzer. It tastes really good, but there's no alcohol in it, and then. When I was speaking with Carl who owns um, Pointless, he was saying he would feel bad going to bars and wanting to go to open mic nights and stuff and just ordering soda water with lime because the bartenders don't make a lot of tips on that. And mm-hmm. you just, you want to feel like you're included. So if you yeah. have like a alternative product that you could still – feel like you're participating and stuff like that it it, it's kind of easier have
3: you noticed and maybe you know this uh, i haven't but do you notice a a huge difference in price between a mocktail and cocktails
0: no and i i think um i was just actually rounding up some of the non-alcoholic spirits and stuff and i know like this one brand they make rum tequila whiskey and it's 30 dollars a bottle still (laughs) but there's no booze in it so or like i'm sure with the beers are they pretty similar or
3: yeah now that you mention it i i think they are more or less i mean you know maybe a little under what the average craft beer is but uh yeah that i was curious about
1: that yeah i wonder why that is though it kind of makes you feel a little bit cheated because you know you get the feeling like oh i don't have any alcohol but i have a lot of the ice a lot of the juice and all the other stuff yeah so yeah it's a little no
0: i think that's when it also gets interesting is um like at Verbena they have functional spirits where it's not alcohol but um there's a lot of different plants and herbs and things like that so it's kind of like with kava or something like that Mm -hmm. where you drink it and people say there's an effect but it's not an alcohol buzz Mm -hmm. i guess and that i feel like i mean at least you're kind of paying for something but Mm -hmm. then it comes down to yeah are you paying for something because it tastes good are you expecting to pay something and feel something out of it you know yeah two different approaches
1: yeah i wonder um when you know recreational marijuana is in full effect and we have dispensaries and Weed, you know, cafes and stuff. If we're going to have like a marijuana list march, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be funny.
0: Oh, yeah. Or like weedless Wednesdays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, That's and, pretty
1: good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, now we have Peter Chakirian here who's going to talk about uh, a series he's been working on that kind of goes over some of the nostalgic food items that we have here in the Cleveland area. So, Pete, welcome. Thank
0: you. Yeah, tell us a little bit about classically eats so
2: um i started this column in the fall it's all about uh, food and drink that evokes a certain feeling um in clevelanders whether you've been here for a very short time or you've lived here your whole life like myself um classically eats and drinks happens every thursday online on cleveland.com and then subsequently ends up in the print version in the plain dealer uh down the road uh but uh, I've had a lot of fun sort of revisiting a lot of things from childhood and from my young adulthood. And it's been a blast.
0: Yeah. has So I know you've it's not really like just restaurant kind of food items. A lot of it is like like you have um, Swenson's Galley Boy, which I guess is a food item. But the mm-hmm. Lawson's Chip Dip or the Mama Mary's Gas Station Hummus. Why do you think it's like these? kind of niche items that people connect with so much. That's so not like really tied to a restaurant.
2: The the chip dip itself um, is something that I think a lot of people in this area grew up enjoying and eating. There was a law since pretty much on every corner um, for a lot of years. And so I thought this is a fun thing to talk about and sort of revisit some of my own personal memories. Of what it's really done, I think, is broken the fourth wall so to speak to use like a theater term you know i get to talk to a lot of readers about their Mm -hmm. personal experiences with a lot of these foods and their links to memories from their childhood and their young adulthood yeah what it's pretty fun
1: yeah what do you think um it is about lawson's chip dip that made it so such a standout here in cleveland versus other
0: or to ask it a little bit differently is it actually different than the other chip dips (laughs)
2: Well, I so I'll answer your question first, Alex. I do think it's different in the sense mm-hmm. that um, it it has just this je ne sais quoi. It's its own <laughs> thing. It's you know, it, it's still made with real ingredients, it's not and super, love. yeah, in <laughs> love and love, of course. Um, is it wildly different from others that are out there on the market? I'd like to think so, but I think maybe that that um, intangible item is the fact that memory is linked so hard to mm-hmm. food. Um, I think that's probably where, uh, most people would say that link is. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: I think my favorite one that you've done so far is the mama Mary's gas station hummus, because I feel like just growing up, I've always heard people in my life say, yeah, you got to go to the gas station and get the hummus. So uh, did you learn anything interesting about that when you were investigating it?
2: That That's just one of those things that, uh, kind of, I don't want to say bubbled up out of nowhere, but it was a, it was a family, uh endeavor the business and they were selling it essentially out of a gas station which they still do and uh people got really excited about it because it's uh, no you know no fillers it's all natural ingredients they have all different kinds of flavors and varieties and they're making it you know several times a week putting it out um for customers to come and enjoy you wouldn't think you would get great hummus out of a gas station. You think you'd have to go to a good Middle Eastern restaurant uh, to get that. But if you have a family that has authentic recipes and they're doing what they do, you can sell it anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. uh I, I know that I came out with a stack, I don't know, f- five or six containers worth and pita and every other thing. And yeah. You could just, you know as I'm walking out, you could see people like walking in kind of giving you the nod like, you know. Yeah, that he knows. <laughs> that he knows he's in the loop. So yeah. would you,
0: have you ever eaten?
1: I don't like hummus, but the idea, oh,
0: okay. the, the,
1: the idea of getting it from a gas station is questionable to me, but it sounds like, it sounds like it could be a good idea. Might want to check it out and oh, okay. it might You're, be something Legitimate taste there, but I don't know.
0: I, yeah, I was expecting you to just kind of dog that it came from a gas station, well, but no, a step further, he doesn't even like I it. don't like hummus,
1: but you know, maybe I'll try it since it's a you don't know what, what you're missing, staple. it's really good. Yeah,
0: maybe you would like gas station hummus. Mm. Um, what about Swenson's galley boy? I know that was another one of Pete's um, classically eats. Do you yeah. like that?
1: That, that, well, you. No, I don't. I don't really care for Swensons at all. But yeah, it's just, it's, I feel like it's just loaded with grease. I just don't, I don't like it. It feels like a greasier, um, no, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it just feels like too greasy for me. But yeah.
0: yeah, What about, uh, Pete, why don't you tell us what is, what makes the galley boy controversial?
2: Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of different things. One of them, I think, you know, sort of speaks to some of what Josh was talking about there. People are very love it or hate it in terms of uh, what Swenson's offers. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what makes the Galley Boy special is the dual sauces. So you have uh, um, like a tartar sauce type sauce on the top and then a barbecue sauce on the bottom of this double cheeseburger. And because of those two sauces, there's this sort of inherent sweetness to it, and I think people get confused eating mm. a sweet, like sweeter hamburger. It's kind of like people getting aggravated about pineapple being on pizza. Yeah, it's just this... which
1: I'm also not a fan of. So of course, well, and, but but I have a
2: hard time holding holding that in one hand, and then like we we love barbecue. And barbecue is a sweeter sauce so like you you know you go get ribs or chicken or whatever and that sauce is generally speaking going to have some sweetness to it so people don't get annoyed at that but there are certain things that seem like a bridge too far pineapple on pizza is a bridge too far and i think a lot of the readers that i talked to after that column went live last week Mm -hmm. or um i guess when this goes live it'll be two weeks (laughs) um we're really annoyed by that. So again, mm-hmm. it's a love it or hate it kind of thing, but you know, you can't get a galley boy anywhere outside of mm-hmm. Swenson's footprint. Do yeah. you like it? I love it. I couldn't sit there and eat it probably every day, but I do like it as a treat and it gives me an excuse to eat their potato teasers, which are awesome. They're kind of like <laughs> these yeah. tater tots that have the chopped up um, jalapeno on the inside oh, of them.
1: I'll take your word for Those it. Those things are super. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alex, what about you?
0: I don't love it. Because I think I just, like, what bothers me is when I eat a burger, I need to have ketchup on it. Like, I just don't like the barbecue sauce part of it. But I don't mind Swanson's. I think what I've heard from a lot of people, especially who um, live near Akron and where Mm -hmm. Swanson's originated, is that since it's been expanding, people are like, oh, it's not as good anymore. Like, have you, did you hear any of that, people? say like you have to go to the original ones to get it or
2: Th- that's always part of the urban legend of anything that yeah. gets popular you know say that too um i don't necessarily know that i agree with that but you know anything that you know stands the test of time is going to have people who are like oh, i was there when it first happened you know that old man yells at cloud kind yeah. of vibe like no it isn't the way it used to be well nothing is yeah true
0: yeah, so I, I don't, well, I don't love it, but I, if I was starving and I would eat it. But I it
1: would, if you were starving, that's a very. No, <laughs> but you know
0: what I actually really like at Swensen's. That is, un, don't they have fried bologna at Swenson's? Mm. Yes, mm. they do. That is, yeah, that I like at Swensen's because I like the potato teasers on the side, and I like their like drinks, um, like a Florida or an Ohio, like their. They're like two sodas mixed together, <laughs> but um so I do like it, but I I just can't with the Galley Boy. I think.
1: Yeah, I know when uh, we shared the story on our social, it was it looked to be like pretty fifty fifty. People are just screaming, "It's so good! It's great!" Or they hate it. It just was like, yeah, yeah.
0: I guess Pete, has there been any of the classically eats that everyone's agreed on that everyone loves like.
2: I think universally the Lawson's chip dip was a was an agreed upon mm-hmm. thing. Um, there are always going to be people who take the other side of any argument. Yeah. Though. Mm-hmm. So um, snoogles were the other thing that I think people were generally like hardcore into. And if you're not hip to what a snoogle is, it's a it's a pastry that is made by Kudrowski's Bakery out in Amherst. And it's sort of a happy accident that happened when the bakers there, uh, the owners were um, taking dough that they would use to make clothespin pastries and sort of intermingled them with cheese danish ingredients and so it turned into this really wonderful thing snoogles are very long um incredibly sweet they have frosting on the top and because they're such a long thin piece of pastry you can dip them in your coffee if you feel so inclined mm. so
0: yeah no i love snoogles i i haven't met anyone who doesn't love a snuggle. so have you ever had one josh
1: i have not but it does sound good it sounds right up my alley you would actually, actually
0: you would eat that yeah uh-huh. wow you that's a, a surprise uh,
1: not really i like sweets you know yeah. I, I like my sweets it's no, it does there's nothing little, offensive about you're a that one picky eater. Uh, you know what i kind of am yeah i kind of am yeah but at the same time i feel like i'm pretty basic like i just don't like
0: i think those go hand in hand
1: i guess so <laughs> yeah you're right
0: so no you're gonna have to go through all pete's Classically eats and check them off. But yeah, we eat every single one. Yeah, you're
1: gonna have to bring some to us one oh, time. Yeah, so if, if snoogles would be good. <laughs> if
2: you, if you really find that you like them, you're
1: gonna start to look more like me. You're gonna be
2: <laughs> a little less skinny, right? So, um,
1: <laughs> well, put on a few it,
2: of your winter pounds, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll just make a veganuary <laughs> later in the year, and I'll yeah, you're make not it drinking, so
0: you can eat your. You took the alcohol. That's out. That's
1: true, but you know I don't want to replace it with other things that are bad. <laughs>
0: to each his own
2: (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) all right well thank you guys so much for listening this has been dine drink clea the podcast we really appreciate you
0: yeah and make sure you subscribe and like our podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube or whatever podcast uh platform you use to listen to dine drink clea make sure to follow us on instagram at dine drink clea and subscribe to our newsletter at cleveland.com slash newsletters thank you